0: there everyone and welcome back to another episode of finance in the flash i'm your host john motto and today i'm joined again by chip
1: heimiller how are you doing today chip uh, john i'm doing great i um i'm i'm feeling good i tell you uh you know i'm i'm feeling great i'm top of the is kind of the way i would describe <laughs> it right now well um
0: like most other folks who participated in the in the ncaa bracket challenge our bracket here at beacon is complete um even though there's still some games to go um we already have a winner and as you could probably tell by chips uh chipper voice uh he was the winner um <laughs> i know this this was not exciting news for me personally um i will give you credit chip you uh you called it early on you called it before before the tournament even started but as the tournament progressed i could tell you were feeling a little shaky mixed in there
1: yeah i was shaky um you know I, I, it's it it was a an odd tournament to say the least so far and i and i honestly this weekend's final four i can't wait to uh to watch the games and see how it materializes i really hope that some of these one of these teams that you know is really the underdog can take it so but yeah i mean uh I, in the beginning i was definitely worried i mean after the first couple of uh rounds i was in dead last right and so it, it it took a while to come back and actually I had kind of already discounted it and I wasn't really even paying attention anymore. And then I got a, a text over the, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon from one of you guys. And it's kind of like, congratulations are in order. I'm like, what? So I am thrilled. I, I have, I'm thrilled. This is one of those things. The trophy is going to look so great in my office <laughs> and, uh, I, I can't wait. So it's, it's, it's good. And, um, uh, but it was a it was an odd year. But nevertheless, you know, the 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 true owner of the trophy finally gets to you know house it and in, in, in his office, which is me. So it's great. Well, congratulations. Chip. And, and don't um, feel I'm... too bad, John. There's there can only be one winner, you know, and there, there has to be a lot of losers. And uh...
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, so far, I have only been on the losing end of the brackets. So of my time here at Beacon. So, I mean, I think I was in dead last, which, w- you know, which was different than you. Right. You started off slow. I think I started off a little bit hot and then uh, ended up sizzling out. It's, you know, like you said, it was an interesting it's been an interesting tournament. With, but in a lot of ways, it's been really fun because of the unpredictability of it
1: all. Yeah. And I really thought that Stephanie or Aaron was going to win. They, they looked the best. Uh, you know, halfway through. And so I'd already kind of scoped out, Hey, what's going to be the best uh, gift to, to get for those two. And uh, but in the end, the dark horse pulled through. So uh, there you go. I'm uh, it's great. I'm, I'm super excited.
0: Well, I know a lot of our, our listeners were sitting on the edge of their seats, probably waiting to hear who had won. Um, I, I know that I had a lot of people cheering for me, so some people
1: are going to be disappointed to hear you won. <laughs> I know, I know you had a little bit of a, uh, you know, fan club there. So, um, you know, there's next year and, uh, you, you, you'll have to work on your, on your game. You, you're going to have to watch some games and study and, and really understand how, uh, you know basketball i know you're a soccer guy so you know you you just yeah i I was transitioning (laughs) on
0: sports you know and and i i did do a bracket for the world cup but it was no better like i just don't think i'm a bracket guy i these these kind of things if you want to ask me who's going to win and i tell you who's going to win you should pick the
1: opposite and then most likely you'll be correct (laughs) yeah well i don't know come on you uh you, you 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 did okay in the bracket, right? You 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 got the the ultimate winner, right? Or do you think France was going to win though? I you know, I, I'm trying to think back on
0: it. I did I think I maybe had Brazil win in the World Cup, but um I was pleased Argentina won. I was rooting for a South American team Yes. Yeah, to, to win, so I was happy about that and I, and I'm happy that, you know, maybe we'll get a new face winning in the uh NCAA this year.
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe we should do the World Cup bracket challenge we we didn't do that this year i'll let you be in charge of that one i yeah i uh, i do follow soccer but it's you know we've got a few years right
0: yeah i think i just got three and a half so uh yeah. <laughs> for the next one so well I'll, I'll um i'll start working on this after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Chip, today um, we're going to start a two-part series. Uh, you can call it a series, a two-part podcast um, where we'll be discussing kind of the topic of which account. And by which account, I kind of mean which account would you choose to take a distribution from? And then later on in the, la- in the podcast that we'll do next week, we'll do which account would you save to? So today, as I've just mentioned, we'll be focused on which account to take a distribution from. I think this is a great... Segue from our last podcast where we discussed tax-efficient investing and the importance of asset location. That was a great podcast. We um, had a lot of uh, fun recording it, and we also got a lot of great feedback on that episode. Um, I think it provides a lot of great information, and it 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 I think it kind of presents things in a way that maybe people hadn't thought about before. So, if you haven't given that a listen. Definitely, um, definitely give that a listen. Um, And I think it'll make today's podcast um, even better if you if you've listened to that one as well. Um, So today, you know, Chip, to kind of get us started off, the decision of which account to take a distribution from is basically a tax decision. So how would you first go about beginning to decide
1: which account? Yeah, so. This is a, a an awful complicated topic. So, you know, bear with us as we try to, you know, conceptualize a a, a more complicated topic in, through, uh, you know, a discussion. Um, and basically, you know, what we what what we're ultimately trying to point out is that, you know, uh, you ha- you should be strategic, whether you're you know, saving towards uh, some specific purpose or you're kind of have uh, entered this retirement period where you're having to utilize your portfolio to fund your lifestyle, okay? And this is really the topic today. So today we're talking about using your portfolio to fund your lifestyle, which is kind of retirement distribution strategies. Um, and it's really based on, all of these decisions are based on the premise of minimizing the tax impact, okay? Okay. And so the first thing I think people need to keep in mind is the progressive nature of our tax code. So, you know, the way it works now is, you know, from, as people earn income, they're taxed at different rates and the higher your income uh, is, then the higher that percentage is that's taxed, you know? So, you know, people who earn, um, low levels of income, you know, zero to really, if you're married filing jointly, up to about twenty-two thousand dollars, your income is taxed at a ten percent rate, and then it just, at the more income you have, the the higher your tax rate becomes, and uh, which is an important concept because you know if you think about retirees, um, you know, even though if they just retired, like let's say last year they were working full time. Well, they're, they're going to be in a significantly different tax bracket when they retire right they, they in fact they could go to zero for a lot of people that's kind of where it happens they they retire um pre-social Security uh, pre- uh, required minimum distributions and they have zero income and so you know our the point of uh, working with an advisory firm or tax uh, professional to help with this these strategies is pretty uh it's really to de- uh, contingent on where you are uh, along the tax brackets, right? Another caveat, a little a little wrinkle to throw in is that you know there are different uh, rates for capital gains rates uh, is are different than ordinary income tax rates. So you know you could be in the um, you know 10% income tax rate for ordinary income, but you could be in the zero percent rate for capital gains. And, you know, so being aware of all of these different little nuances in the tax code can help you uh, really decide on a tax optimized distribution or withdrawal schedule. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this podcast. Yeah, but
0: I think you highlighted something really, really important and something I think that people maybe haven't thought about or don't think about until we kind of bring it up. It's like, this is a strategy. You know, we're taking in all these different, you know, factors and things and making a strategy that's customized to the each individual client um, about how to best optimize these distributions.
1: Yeah. and, And that strategy can change each and every year. You know, you can have a situation where You know, one year there's, you know, a client needs to buy a car. And so there's maybe you're you're in a different tax bracket. So what are the what are ways to minimize that? And um, it's it's a very important uh, decision and really makes uh, a large difference over the course of many years. And so and that's it's the power of compounding is really what we're talking about. We're trying to minimize the tax and, and the longer you you do that in attack you know make distributions in a tax optimized way the power of compounding really uh, makes a difference in you know really a person's total asset base
0: yeah and those who've listened for a while know that me and chip love talking about the power of compounding mm-hmm. um but chip you you mentioned something a little bit earlier we talked about the 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 tax, basically of of capital gains versus ordinary income. But last week we kind of discussed um, the tax implications of taking a withdrawal from each of the accounts, right? So in in the case of our clients, a lot of our clients have three accounts, brokerage account, um, an IRA and a Roth IRA. Can you give our listeners maybe a brief overview of some of the tax implications of taking a withdrawal from those accounts?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with the Roth IRA first because I think that's the easiest. So the Roth IRA is 100% tax exempt. There is never a situation, uh, as long as you're taking qualified distributions uh, from a Roth IRA, that it would be taxed. Uh, And so, you know, basically for people who are above the age of 59 and a half, you know, there's, you don't have to worry about any kind of income tax from that account. Um, For an IRA or a 401k, Every dollar that comes out of that account, now it comes, it once it, it has to come out of the account now, not making investment changes or anything like that. If, if you're withdrawing money from an IRA or 401k plan, money that comes out of those accounts are taxed to you as ordinary income on a dollar for dollar for basis. So it's just like receiving a W-2 income, okay? For a personal brokerage account, it's a little bit, uh, this is a little bit tricky because, You know, there are several different things that happen in a personal brokerage account. One is uh, capital gains. So as you sell an investment at a profit, uh, it's taxed at capital gains tax rates. Okay, so that's different than ordinary income tax rates and it's and it's lower. But inside that personal brokerage account and kind of we hit on this in the last uh, podcast, we're talking about. You know, there there could be other things that happen inside the personal brokerage account. You know, interest income, dividend income, uh, both qualified and non-qualified dividends. So, in every there's different tax rates within the context of a personal brokerage account. So, for the purposes of t- today, we're just going to kind of think of, think through capital gains. So, you've you've invested a personal brokerage account you've uh, in a various uh, very tax efficient investments. And they all have capital gains, you know, unrealized gains. And so, you know, whenever we're thinking about taking distributions from a personal brokerage account, the biggest concern for the purposes of this podcast today is capital gains taxes. And that's something that we, you know, you can can, uh, somewhat control there. So you can decide how much to withdraw from each account, right? So if someone says, hey, I need You know, five thousand dollars a month to be distributed from my portfolio to fund my living expenses. They really don't care which account. They don't care which account it comes from. Uh, They just want the money. And so then we, behind the scenes, figure out, hey, you know, how much do we want to realize in ordinary income taxes? How much do we want to realize in capital gains taxes? And how much do we possibly realize with no taxes in the, the case of the Roth IRA? So um, it's compiling those three different accounts, each with different tax attributes and figuring out a, an optimized withdrawal strategy that's custom to the client. Yeah. And it's, it's
0: important to kind of understand those tax implications as, you know, the building blocks of, of, of how to decide how to make that strategy. So, you know, Chip, we kind of talked about this a little bit, you know, you mentioned RMD. So we, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, you know, we mentioned a lot of factors, but really we think about it in two kind of phases about when, about deciding um, which account to withdraw from. So we're thinking about it in the, in the phase of one before the RMD age, the requirement, The required minimum distribution age, which is currently 72 based on current tax laws, is scheduled to go up to 73 and um, um, maybe even beyond that. Um, And then we think about it after the RMD age. Um, So, how did so, Chip, how does one go about deciding on which account to distribute to take a distribution
1: from before the required minimum distribution age? So, this is a very important concept to think about. Um, and it's one that requires some forward-looking, okay? So one of the things that we do for our clients is kind of think through scenarios and go through and, and kind of see where our cash flows going to be coming from in the future and what type of tax impact that might have. So in other words, what would be the expected uh, tax bracket? And so, you know, when we think about, um, you know, which account, It's going to come from, then you have to be, you have to look at where a client is now, but then you also have to look at, you know, where they might be in the future because, you know, I I would rather pay kind of a consistent tax rate over time as opposed to, you know, one year it's, you're in the 0% bracket, you're not paying any taxes. And then the next year you're in the, you know, the 30, 32% bracket, you know. So, you, 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 we, we want to kind of regulate and normalize that over uh, over time. And so, you know, if there's a situation where a client is, let's say, they they have no earned income for the year, it's before the time they've taken Social Security, it's before the time of which they're taking required minimum distributions, and they're basically in the zero percent tax bracket. Well, we we would like to fill that at least the ten percent and poss- and even the twelve percent bracket. Um, for for a lot of people. And, you know, so we would look for the, at the IRA or the 401k plan during that period of time. Right. So, you know, we're, we want to fill those, uh, those low buckets while we have them, because we know that after the age of 72, the client's going to have, maybe the client has a, a 401k or an IRA that's worth a couple of million dollars and their, you know, required minimum distribution might be, you know, $80,000. They're immediately in the one of the higher tax brackets. And so, you know, we kind of want to look at where we expect the client will be over time in order to determine, you know, which accounts are appropriate now uh, to pull from and how much tax uh, we we choose to trigger.
0: And Chip, how might that change after the required, required minimum distribution age?
1: Yeah, so after the required minimum distribution age, you know, most people... Are in already are in a, a higher bracket, you know. They at least have this baseline of income that's taxed, right? And so, you, my expectation is that okay. Well, if you need more than the required minimum distribution, then you're probably going to be, uh, you know, you're going to need to take money from. Uh, well, maybe maybe the personal brokerage account, or maybe the Roth IRA, um, or maybe you just pull more money from the four hundred one k plan. It just depends on what's going on in your life. You know, in certain years, it's better to pull from, um, you know, a personal brokerage account, right? So, let's say you have uh, a large amount of medical expenses one year. Well, the more you pull out of the IRA to cover medical expenses, the low, the less likely that you can deduct those medical expenses, right? Because that's that deductibility of medical expenses is based on how much income you have, and so you know, we might want to might look ahead and say, oh, well. If we pull more from the personal brokerage account to pay for these medical expenses, then the medical expenses become deductible and we've saved the client um, tax there, you know. And so it's just being very careful and diligent and looking over where a client is in their life in order to give advice in this area. It's uh, It's very technical, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's very,
0: very intricate. And it's important to have somebody on your team. That's, that's kind of looking at all these different factors and can help you make decisions like this.
1: Yeah, it sure is. I mean, it, the value of that is, 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 uh, you know, so super powerful. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And so Chip, I, I want to ask you this one question that we get a lot, especially with some of our new retirees, um, Chip, why not just take the money out of the Roth IRA? Like you said earlier, it's one hundred percent tax exempt. Why? Why are we? You know, why not?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, Roth IRAs, at least uh, we kind of, and I hate to use kind of a uh, a gambling uh, analogy, but to me, Roth IRAs uh, can be like an ace in the hole for people because uh, I think about you know, and what we've seen through retirees and having just done this for the last 25 years is, you know, if you if you have a period of your life where medical expenses rise, uh, then we want to use that Roth for that purpose because you know, just like the example I just kind of gave, it's, you know, we want to keep your your income tax as low as possible. and uh, and that, you know, pulling money from the roth at that point in time helps. The other factor that that at least should be in the back of people's mind is the way that in today's case, um, you know, the IRA is inherited the way it's in the distribution that's required on beneficiaries of Roth IRA. So we're doing like, you know, uh, planning for our clients, children. Right. And so, you, you know, as as the clients pull money out of the Roth um, you know, that's a very good investment to inherit. It's zero tax, right? Um, and so, whereas with the IRA, whenever you inherit an IRA, there's a 10-year distribution schedule nowadays. And so, whereas it, it used to be, you know, over the course of a lifetime. So now, if you think about a million dollar IRA, then, you know, you've got children who are going to have to distribute $100,000 uh, in, in a year's time, that's just that money is just added on top of their earned income. So they'll be in a, you know, really high tax bracket then. So those are factors that are at least in the back of our mind that we think about. And when we're, when we're giving advice on, Hey, should we pull from the a Roth IRA? Should we pull from an IRA or, or, you know, should we, you know, take money out of a personal brokerage account in some way?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I love, I love talking about this stuff. I I, honestly, I really enjoy when clients ask us, you know, they'll, they'll want to do a distribution or start up a new, uh, you know, start up a systematic withdrawal because they've just retired. And they, they ask us, they say, well, which account? And it's that, you know, you, they think they're going to get this one sentence answer. And here we go on through a very complicated, um, you know, analysis with many different factors. And I, I think I think it's awesome, you know, to talk to with clients about this because it's a lot of stuff that they haven't thought about yet.
1: Yeah, it really is. And there's, you know, and this is just kind of the, you know, and honestly, it's the the tip of the iceberg. Agreed. There are other things too, yeah. right? Because I mean, Medicare premiums, right? If you your Medicare premiums are, you know, the level of of premiums you pay is based on your income, and the higher your income is, the higher those Medicare premiums are and so that's something that you know we can you know let's say we kind of calculate oh well if you have income above a certain level then now your medicare premiums are going to go up by you know $100 or $200 or whatever the case may be a month well that that's that's also a tax right and so we want to try to stay under that uh you know hurdle as as much as we can we don't, we want to minimize the impact of all of those taxes as we're developing this strategy uh, withdrawal strategy for clients and and so there's a lot of things that are involved and um, you know and that's what honestly that's in our office that's kind of what makes it fun it's like a little game yeah. you know we we're trying to figure out what's best for the client and um and really it's it's a little game that's uh you know we're spinning our propellers back here and just having a, a great time. so yeah. yeah and like and like we
0: said, those decisions for each individual client can change year by year um, or you know decision by decision. So um it's something we revisit all the time. and um chip, I know we've covered a lot today, but do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners?
1: No no real parting thoughts uh, other than you know, it's it, there is a method to the madness. Um, but it's not an E, you know, people think, again, you said, uh, it's, a, it should, it seems like it'd be an easy answer, but it really is dependent on so many other factors. It's, and it's current and it's future and it's, you know, current income rates, income tax rates, future income tax rates, you know, issues with family issues, what's going on. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just a complicated area of, of, providing advice but it's one that can add such an enormous value to people as well yeah i think it really can and we've seen it happen time and time again and that's
0: one of the best parts of our job um so i think that'll do it for part one of our two-part series on which account next episode we're going to cover um which account to save to i think that's going to be a great episode just like this one i've had a lot of fun with you chip Um, You definitely won't want to miss our next episode. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.